Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich, Homeschool Life Coach at Capturing the Charmed Life. I'm dedicating this season of the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast to the overwhelmed homeschool mama, because you'd rather be clear, confident, and satisfied in your homeschool and life, not overwhelmed. This episode is for you if you want to feed your body, mind, and spirit, love yourself and your season of life, own your time and space, and weed out what's not working, and welcome something new. Because on today's episode, we get to chat with Vanessa Wright, the life coach that wants to help you intuitively grow your fearless flow. F-L-O-W. Feed your body, mind, and spirit, love yourself in your season of life, own your time and space, and weed out what's not working and welcome something new. A clever acronym from Vanessa. Vanessa reminds us that if we're a mother in midlife looking to create the life that you can't wake up to, if you're ready to uncover your passions and purpose while mindfully mothering in midlife, then you're in the right place. So here's what we're going to discuss today. Vanessa and I are going to talk about her story of overwhelm and what helped her get out of that state. She's going to explain her definition of flow, F-L-O-W, and how it came to be. She's going to speak to her transition beyond her homeschool mom life, transitioning into homeschooling while also life coaching. And we're going to discuss the connection between our identity formation and fostering creativity. So I want to introduce you to Vanessa Wright. Welcome, Vanessa. It is such a pleasure to have you here and finally meet you in my closet, not in person, but in the closet. One day it'll be in person, but I feel like I know you already having met you online. But for everybody who hasn't met you yet, would you introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Vanessa Wright. I am a longtime homeschooling mom. I've got three teenagers. They're 17 and then I have 15-year-old twins. Uh, We've been homeschooling, I think we're in our 11th or 12th year I, I, I always say I stopped counting after like five or six years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so it's not offended that you No, it's just, it's just there. And like, we're, they're all in high school now. I'm like, we're making the last push. So we're, we're on our way t- towards the tail end, which feels very strange. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, girlfriend. I've got two graduated and one about to graduate <sighs> and one is going into grade nine. So it really is a transition time, it which is. is a perfect transition into sharing just a wee bit about what I've seen on your website. You share that you guide mothers to mindfully manage the transition and transformation of midlife to work together to cultivate both sustainable self-care practices and inspirational goals so you can connect, create, and come back to yourself. So if you're ready to uncover your passions and purpose and take authentic action, then you're in the right place. Welcome, friend. I'm glad you're here. Beautiful. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) I was, I'm always like happy when I can use my writing degree. (laughs) I I love that. I mean, I actually really love what you said. It feels like it truly reflects who you are. Oh, well, that was, it's funny. It's so hard to write for, like, it's so easy for me to to speak and talk about what I do. But when I sat down to actually write it, I was like, uh, frozen, like, oh my gosh. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's hard. When I chat with my kids who are doing essays, so they write essays, they actually see sometimes what I write and they say, you're very conversational. It's very short. 
And I'm like, yes, because, and the biggest reason is because I'm Enneagram type two. So I'm trying to connect with people. But the other reason is, um, you know, it's kind of like an, a website thing. Like you have only a certain number of seconds to capture someone's interest. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that you're talking about transitions and how to address transitions and transformation. And you're specifically engaging moms in the midlife realm. And how do you know that you're a mom in midlife? <laughs> I mean, girlfriend, are we in midlife? I, I think we I are. And that's okay. And I, I think it's, it's so funny because I'm, I'll, I'll be 48 in a few months and I'm 48. Oh, yay. So like, you know, so my, my brother, who's only a year younger, he always, every time we talk, he's like, oh my gosh, are we really this old? He's like, what's, what's happened? And I'm like, we are. Yes. And, but it's like, when you think about what I was thinking about, like when my parents were in their forties or like watching TV when I was like a teenager and thinking somebody who was 40 was ancient and you're like, uh. what on earth? No. No. And now I'm like, I am a golden girl. Like my biggest, yes. like, no, no, I am a golden girl now. And I fully embrace it. So yeah, I, I think that's, you know, I, for me, I just kind of say, I think age is like 40. I was like kind of, you know, 40 plus and not all of my clients there. Some of them are late thirties, but like, it just feels like there, for me, a shift happened at age 40 and now I'm almost 50 and it just feels wild. Yeah. Oh, it's it does. wild. It does feel wild. I'm with you there. Cause I look at the 20 somethings and I think they're babies now. And <laughs> what is going on inside of me? I feel 25, except that, you know, <laughs> you know, your midlife or you're in that transition, that realm when you watched video hits as a young girl, <laughs> or like you said, golden girls, um, you had giant posters of Michael. I don't know. This is me, but Michael J. Fox. Oh, love, love, loved, loved him. Loved, kissed yes. the screen a lot. Wanted to be Mrs. Alex B. Keaton. Yes, I did. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Amen. Me too. Or you know, you had a golden girl Barbie yeah. or Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah. I'm like, uh huh. Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. You yes. didn't think that Apple was cool because it wasn't back in the day. It was the non-cool products or uh, technology. Not so much anymore. Um, you did uh, watch video hits, like I said, and you definitely crimped and bleached your hair. I, I was a crimper. Yes. I, I One fun fact about me is I've never once colored my hair ever. Wow. And I, yeah, I just never was, but I was really into crimping. I was into banana clip. I weave those like yep. those banana clips and I permed. Oh, you've seen my pictures. I have, I have curly hair now. I didn't have curly hair until after I gave birth to my twins. So I used to get perms starting when I was 10, <laughs> yeah. 10 and then spray them. And then so occasionally I took a hairbrush to it and that was never smart. So that was like, like, growing up in the eighties. <laughs> how do we even still have hair? I don't understand. So I'd love to hear your story because sure. you hear a story about transitioning yourself, or maybe the word isn't trans transitioning in this scenario, but transforming because you were in an overwhelmed space in you said about 2015, 2000. Mm -hmm. Will you yeah. share that story? Yeah, sure. Um, so in 2015, we decided we were going to move from uh, which was felt like a surprise. Like we, we were surprised to say we, we really loved our, where we lived in Northern Virginia outside of the DC area, but it was really the cost of living was crazy crowded job stuff, just like this whole thing. We were like, well, if we don't get out now, we may not be able to, but that meant like literally picking up our entire lives where we had been since the end, late nineties, you know, and, and, and moving. So we were dealing with that. Uh, both of our sons were diagnosed with pretty significant health conditions, health issues. 
uh, within about two months of each other, mm-hmm. we moved into a rent. We, we ended up in Richmond, Virginia on our way. Yeah. Um, Cause that's where we could, my husband found a job and my in-laws are there. And um, I was really miserable. <laughs> I didn't want to be there. I, we were living in a tiny rental. I was dealing with boy, like both of our sons were struggling. I, my daughter was struggling having moved. She didn't want to move. Um, it was just a lot. And, um, you know, there were days where I said our homeschool really consisted of playing Lego. Um, hopefully I would read, get, get a book in, uh, tons of audiobooks because we spent a ton of time at doctors, specialists, PT, OT, um, and field trips with grandma and grandpa. Like my mother-in-law and father-in-law were our actual like angels who walk on this earth. And every single Friday we would go to their house. They would take us out to lunch. They would take the kids. And that's, that's where I was. And I look back and I like, pictures just popped up the other day from like first day of school stuff from 20th. And I just, I can still feel that like overwhelm that we were sitting in for a solid, like, and then we moved again in 2016. So we picked up and moved down to where we are now. And so it was just a lot and a, a lot. Yeah. I'm interrupting this episode to connect with you. If you identify with a conversation that Vanessa and I are having, you identify with a sense of overwhelm. Maybe you're thinking your homeschool is a struggle, a mostly daily struggle, or you know you're not showing up like you want to be showing up, and you definitely wouldn't want someone to be a fly on the wall watching you. If you feel that you're, what you're doing just isn't good enough, or even okay, you feel like you're losing yourself to the constant demands and requests and needs of everyone else but yours, and you feel unsupported in your homeschool choice or in your life in general, then connect with me, because you don't have to. Imagine if you could appreciate the memories that you're making and put into perspective the memories of the challenging days. Imagine if you've got a confident plan to address the challenging days that you know that you're addressing your kids and their challenges on purpose and not reactively, that you know that there's no perfect homeschool, but you're doing a really good job and your kids are getting the best education that they could be. Imagine if you were intentional about what you're doing and accepting that you can't do it all and even have learned how to delete the unimportant stuff. Imagine if you've created space for yourself in your world, breathing space, feeding your soul. Imagine if you're clear on what your kids need and you know for sure that how you're leading them is the right way to lead them and that you felt supported in your homeschool and your life. That's why I'm here. Girlfriend, if this is something that you'd like, then connect with me because this is why I'm here to help you overcome that overwhelm so that you can be clear, confident, and satisfied in your homeschool. I'll be offering an intensive to overcome that overwhelm. One of the homeschool moms that I've connected with has shared. I want to share with you the kind words that Angela brought. Angela's a podcaster herself. She's the podcast host over at Peaceful World Schoolers. Here's what she says. I know that when I decided to work with Teresa, I signed up for business coaching. But to be honest, I got some powerful and transformational life coaching. 
Teresa has a brilliant ability to get to the heart of the matter. I found myself both laughing and crying during our sessions as she asked me deep questions that helped to discover the root issues that had been blocking me from being successful in my business and in other areas of my life. In just a few months, I was able to see growth in my social media accounts, in my finances, and most importantly, in myself as a single homeschool mom and entrepreneur. Thank you so much, Teresa, for sharing your time and your talent, your experience, and your expertise with me. I am eternally grateful to be able to call you my coach and my friend. Oh, ladies, that just makes me want to cry. (laughs) I am so honored to be a part of the women's lives that I am part of. And if you think that might be you, then connect with me. You can find me over at www.capturingthecharmlife.com. Now back to the episode. Because I I find when I'm engaging women, they're in so much overwhelm. They don't actually know how to stop and look at what's going on. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny because we moved together in 2016, but it wasn't until 2018. So then this continued, right? Because you just get, so then we moved and then we were still starting, you know, and you just kind of go into it. And I was working with an amazing coach and she said to me, like, you know, how was how your, how does she phrase something? Like she asked me, like, if I felt like it was in my flow, if I felt like things were flowing. And I just said, to, I was like, um, and I sat and thought about it. And I just honestly started to cry. And I was like, no, I was like, not at all. Mm. And I remember sitting in a cafe, like a couple of days later, and I wrote the word flow out. Now I'm a writer by nature. I have a professional writing degree. I write for my job. And so I wrote flow and I love acronyms. So Mm. I just started playing around with that word flow. And then this whole process flowed out of me and I just started sharing about it. And it kind of snowballed into like where I am now. And it's just been through the pain, right through your pain, through your changes that you go through, through your experiences that I kept saying, I would just say, all right, let me let this help somebody else. That's really what I wanted to do is if I could, and I would share on Instagram. I mean, I don't have a blog. I mean, I I just got a website last year. I still really blog, but I literally would just write, you know, on Instagram when you could write captions and people would see them, but like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I had like a micro blog of stuff and it, it turned into this. It's really been like, now it's become like a, a, a career shift change thing. That's been not anything. If you would have told me this two, three, four years ago, I would have laughed and said, what are you talking about? No. Wow. So <laughs> yeah. tell me what flow stands for then. You're sure. After. Yeah. So F, and this is what it stands for now in this like, you know, iteration is F is uh, feeding your mind, body, and spirit, right? Your, your unique mind, body, and spirit. L is lean, loving yourself and leaning into your season of life. Mm. O is own your time and space. And W is to weed out what's not working so you can welcome something new. I love that. That is so beautiful. That encapsulates the entire thing. Yeah. And that's just what it is. And what I, I created it because I needed something Mm -hmm. to look at every day and say, okay, what, what can I do in each of these spaces? Not maybe all at the same time, but like, just to kind of look back to, right. And then just weave it into my days and then your days become months and your months become years. And it's this, as I call sustainable, sustainable self-care yeah. and that's where we are. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about that then sustainable self-care. What does that mean to you? I was, gonna yeah. Yeah. So sustainable self-care means stuff that you can, that's not adding stuff to your plate. Like, you know, I don't, 
I don't have time to add more stuff to my plate. I'm certainly not trying to dump it onto my coaching clients or when I'm writing about stuff. Um, It has to be stuff that you're going to actually do because we're moms homeschool like I, I don't have a million extra hours a day or minutes yeah. so like it has to be stuff that you're actually going to do and what I love about flow is that I'm not telling anybody what should be in their f how to feed themselves like no you you get to decide what that is but it's just giving a little framework so that you can focus on things to make it work so like it's when I talk to like the, the lean into your season of life well my season of life right now is I have three teenagers it's very different from one of my clients who has a teenager, a middle schooler and a newborn baby, right? Like I don't have little kids to, so you just have to, when you accept where you are in your season of life, then you can work your stuff in around that, uh-huh. but you have to just do it. And I would say, just put a couple things in and just do them. It doesn't have, it could be one thing literally for two months, but that you're doing it right. You're just, you're doing something to take care of yourself. Yeah, someone had shared yesterday with me that uh, they see like pedicures and manicures and spa visits and things. Um, Okay, first of all, everybody always assumes when I talk self care, that's what I mean. I was even interviewed one time and they were asking me what's my favorite summer self self care strategy. And I'm like, Oh, that's not what I ever talk about. I mean, y'all could have your manicures, pedicures. That's great. But the consumer self care is nice. But that's not what I'm ever referring to. And I go to the like the thing that I care about the most is because it had the biggest impact on me is asking myself, what is my feeling like becoming self aware and asking myself, so what am I feeling right now? Where am I feeling it? What was going on before I was feeling it? What was the thought that I had before that feeling? What's the story that I've created around that thought? Because there's always a story. The stories. Oh, my goodness. The stories. Yeah. That's always, oh, been that's the biggest one. but I really liked when she said, I don't really care about consumer self-care. I'm like, Ooh, that's good. So then when you said sustainable self-care, okay. Like that too. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Because if you're not going to do, if you're not going to make it like, and I, but I do tell people like, you have to make it a priority. It's not just going to do it. Your, it's not going to do it itself. You're not going to, your family isn't going to come up to you and be like, Oh, mother, let's uh, do all your dishes, run a bath for you. They're not going to do that. I mean, listen, if they Maybe are, good for birthday. you, good for you, but yeah. like, no. So like I, that means being intentional about yeah. stuff and, and knowing that if you don't, it's not going to get done. And then do you really, I mean, I've had adrenal burnout twice. I have had the meltdowns, the, the stuff where I couldn't peel myself off the floor. I don't want to go ever go back to that again. It's not, it's that's not sustainable, right? Like you can't do yeah. that. So what do you do that is sustainable self-care for yourself? Sure. So a big thing for me is, um, cre- so creativity is really important to me. Yeah. Um, it's, it could be writing. It's my journal. It's, um, read. I love to read, um, everything, anything, even uh, audio books, um, for me, walking and a movement almost every single day, I try to find at least 10 to 15 minutes to move my body. Um, laugh this year, I've made it a real big priority to find fun and laughter. Ah. I, I, I can be very serious. I'm a Capricorn. I'm the oldest child. I'm a, you know, Enneagram too. It's like, I'm like, let me give everybody else all my energy and let me do everything for everybody. And then yeah. I'll laugh about it. But like, I have been finding things to make myself laugh and giggle like belt. Like I, I just have to do that. Yeah. I that's that. what I'm doing. And that, that stuff doesn't cost anything, right? It doesn't cost uh-huh. anything to laugh and be, have fun. It doesn't. Yeah. I love that. 
Yeah, that it's usually the, our self-care stories or learning how to address that overwhelm comes from a place of overwhelm. Yeah. And you can see it everywhere you go yeah. uh, that in different ways, like that word even sometimes isn't a useful word because people don't always know what does that mean? And it, and what I've seen is that people don't really know why it doesn't feel that their homeschool is good enough, or mm. they don't know how to deal with their big emotional triggers, or they just feel like too much is coming at them. There's just so many possibilities what overwhelm means, but when we can sit down or we create a moment in the day, like a mindful moment in the day to stop and ask ourselves, how are we feeling? What's really going on? That helps to unravel, I think, the potential for overwhelm. 100% because if you keep ignoring it, it's always, it's going to come find you. Yeah. keeps getting bigger. It keeps getting bigger. And I know at least for me personally, like, I've learned to say it's okay. I am in a season of overwhelm and I, I, there are certain things right now that I can't change about things, but that doesn't mean I have to, um, succumb to it, I guess, really. I mean, maybe that sounds melodramatic. I was an actress in high school. Sometimes I get melodramatic, so, but I don't have to succumb to it. Um, and I do have to have my family sometimes tell me to, Hey, you're acting a little crazy right now. Like you're, you're, you're ramping up because you're, tr- I'm trying to do too many things at once, like chill out. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> so like, you know, yeah, it's, um, because you want to do, cause I think, especially with homeschooling, right? Like you want to make sure you're checking the list and is everybody yeah. doing what they're supposed to be doing? And, and did you bake the, the bread and or the dishes and there's, there's never, it's never all, I, I did a reel about this last, last week, like everything mostly gets done. Like I finally had to tell myself that, like, I can sit here spinning in circles about it, but I can also know that most of the time I get stuff done. Yeah. And if it doesn't, it, then that's fine too. And it's taken me like a long time to sort of like realize that. Well, I had an experience with time as well. Like my family knows I'm not a natural time focused kind of person. I'm very present. So I just want to be right here right now with you. And that means that I will probably forget that my child needs to be picked up at a certain time and ask them how, yeah, anyways, that's <laughs> not proud. Just saying I'm just not a natural time person, but I do also have these ideas that I should have 1 million things done before four o'clock today, before I start dinner or five o'clock. And when people say, well, it just do three things in a day, I'm like, who are these people <laughs> doing just three things in a day? <laughs> but I've got my million things on my list. And I have had to learn to time block, to actually audit my time and say, is it realistic? You have 24 hours in a day, eight of those, you should probably be sleeping or on a bed. And <laughs> all of them, you don't have to be doing something every moment of the day, you will need to pee, you will need to make food, you will need to do the laundry and dishes and drive people and groceries and all of that. Yes. So turns out you're thinking you had 36 hours in a day. <laughs> That's not real. So if you time block, um, then you can decide, is this a priority? Like I've got all these things mm. here. Oh, and I'm homeschooling the kids. Right. Oh yeah. And, then there's that. Yeah. <laughs> and every once in a while I look at their eyes and actually notice who they are as human beings. It's also that. So that was my tendency. And then I decided to time block, look at what was real and say, how much do I want to invest in all those different things, prioritize, and then some things had to disappear. 
Oh yes, 100%. And I think that's so, that's the hard part, right? That's for me, that's the weeding out what's not working so that you can welcome yeah. something new into. And I've, I've had to let things go professionally that I've said like, oh, I really like this, but you know what? I can't, yeah. I just can't anymore. Um, and so I've let it go. Uh, there have been things in my personal life with my kids that we've had to shift. And I've said to them, Hey guys, you know what? I am working more now. Um, and so it's not going to look like it did when you guys were in middle school or yeah. when you were. And so we all have to kind of get on board because we are shifting and, and mom is working. I mean, I don't work full time, but it's a lot more than I was last year. And so, yeah. and so guess what? Like you here, this person's going to have to do the dishes and this person's going to have to clean up some more and make your own lunch. And it's, it's uncomfortable, but that's, that's because I, yeah, it just for, from a time perspective. Yeah. I can identify with what you're saying too. In the last mm-hmm. few years, I've had a big shift myself, but it's been really good for my soul as a, a new mom. I thought being a mom was all that I ever intended to be. And it was the goal. And then you realize you're actually working yourself out of a job. And, and then you're learning that you're somebody outside of the homeschool mom role. So what was your story around that? Yeah, that's, that's, oh my gosh, I, I, I hopefully I won't cry. Cause that's like, that's just hitting me so hard. Like that. Um, I think it was, um, I was talking to my coach and she's become my mentor. And she said to me, this was in, it had to been in like, early, uh, like spring or summer of 2020, maybe. And she said, you know, you need to be a coach, right? She's like, are you, are, are you understanding that you need to become a life coach? Like, do, do, are you seeing this? Cause if not, I'm pointing it out to you. Like she said that. And I was like, well, I was like, no, I'm like, I'm a hot mess. Like I have <laughs> all these things going. She's like, uh, no, uh, that's not what I'm talking about. She's like, do you see how you're showing up and your words are helping people and you're already coaching people. And I was like, oh, and I had to sit with that. And I was like, oh, Oh, <laughs> and, and then I made the decision. I was like, oh, okay. So the coaching program is open. The sign, sign up is like October 1st. And I went and sat my family down. I said, Hey, everybody, I'm signing up to do this training. It starts February, 2021 at six months. I'm going to be committing to this and um, we're going to all make it work. So, and, and that was that. And uh, yeah, it was, that was kind of my, like a big, huge shift that I did not see coming. I did not see that coming. So now that you're a little ways into it, what did you see? Like, what was the progression? How have you been in, being in it, I guess? Yeah, it's, it's funny because um, when you're kind of going through the training, right? It, it, it's, I love being in school. Like I'm like a lifelong learner. So like, I, I'm like, give me all the assignments, give me all this. Like, I love it. And, and, but as I'm going through it, I felt this, um, this pull, this tug, this, this, oh, like that settling in of this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And as homeschool mothers, we spend so much of our energy doing that for our kids, right? Like Uh helping them find their passions and screwing and signing up for the, and it's like, well, you know what, I'm going to direct some of that energy back to myself. Like yeah. I'm going to homeschool. It was almost like homeschooling myself. That's yeah. I, I wanted to give myself that when I was give, had given to my kids all those years. That's the best way I can put it. Amy Otto from the homeschool compass said that you as a homeschool mom have a seat at the table too. 
Yes. And that's my experience. You know, there, I am a huge proponent of self-directed learning or unschooling or whatever word you want to attach to it. I'm not one philosophy though. I embody all sorts of stuff, you know, around, I'll call myself eclectic, like we all do. (laughs) (laughs) But what I learned is that I like, impressionist art I liked classical history I liked music I wanted to teach my kids classical music and know all the eras and things that they didn't necessarily they certainly don't do this typically in a school but I liked it and so then I was allowed to learn it as well in my morning basket time didn't spend a long time on it but we would do different things like that throughout our entire homeschool and that was my way of being a you know a seat at the table Oh, I love that expression because so often it's so easy to, especially the younger years, right? Like you're really having to be all in on like those formative years, right? But like as my kids got to be a little bit older and I had a little bit more time and I was like, you know what? I miss like there's something, you know, being a mother is the biggest job I've ever had. It's I I wanted to be a mother since I was like, my mom told me when I was like three, she uh-huh. I'm gonna be a mommy. Like I carried doll. Uh-huh. Like I was always like that was just something I wanted to do. Yeah. Um and now though, like I'm just really glad that I can be doing something with mothers and motherhood and midlife. Um because it's not the same as when my mother was going through, like, it's very different. Like life is so different right now than it was like when I think about when my mom was in her forties, you know, she's 70 now and it's just very different. And, um, the world is very different. Things coming at us are very different. Um, yeah. So I, one of the things that set me off the most was when I was, I was doing a talk about flow at a homeschool conference in 2019, 2018, 2019. And a mother sat down next to me. I didn't know this woman. We were just doing a workshop and she sat down and she put her head down and she, she started to cry. And I, I get teary. And she said, I don't even know what TV show I like anymore. She, she, uh-huh. she had, yep. and she was, and I had a big box of handmade chocolates that my friend's company make. I handed her a whole bar and I was like, you need this. And she was a single mom. She had been homeschooling, but she had given so much of herself. She did. She said she sat down one night. She didn't even know what TV show to watch. And that just hit me really hard. Like we can't pour ourselves out to the point of like becoming a pancake essentially. Like, and that's really that I just, that will stick with me forever. That will stick with me forever because that's too common. It's so common, especially in the homeschool space. Exactly. Yeah we can do that. And that is actually why I started this. When Mm -hmm. I started writing a book, that was the reason. And then it, you know, continued. That's exactly the same reason. And I think even more so as an Enneagram too, you're Mm -hmm. always making everybody happy and address everybody's needs. Yeah. Yes. And we have to turn it back on for ourselves. Yeah. That's right. You know, when we're talking about identity and you going into this place of, learning more about who you were and that you were actually going to take on the role of life coach. You said you would maybe cry. What was the, <laughs> what was underneath the, I could maybe cry. Um, Cause it's as much as I love help. It's funny. Cause as much as I love helping people, I, I still struggled with um, knowing like, does any, like, is how I, is that what I'm helping valuable at all? Is it, is it actually helping people or am I just, and that kind of stuff, because um, that's, I don't know if it's my just tendencies of, 
uh, being an obliger of people like I've worked really hard to overcome like people pleasing stuff and yeah. but at the end of the day like um and I said this to a friend last night because we're working on a workshop together and I, and we, I said if if I can just get up in the day aside outside of my family and if I if one person can feel a laugh or if I can make them smile or know that they're not alone then I'm that literally that that just that sets me up for happiness for like <laughs> entire week it really does I, yeah. I know that sounds corny but like that literally not to does. me I, like <laughs> I figure yeah. yeah 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 you understand yeah. that yeah you know I don't think people feel supported generally definitely in the homeschool community you're more likely to experience this I'm off the beaten path and I'm doing something mm-hmm. looking at me cross-eyed and then the neighbors are wondering if you should be bringing the kids to school and the grocery <laughs> clerk is asking you about why you're not at school etc <laughs> they're not feeling supported but they're also not feeling um heard and I think that's the human experience that we don't feel heard and as a coach you can actually really hear someone I feel on listening to people's stories the numbers of times that I hear people share some really big stuff in their lives and they say they follow it with this is how do they say like this is so I know this sounds so weird because it's so unusual or something and I'm like yeah we all and I mean me and we all have stories and when someone really hears them and says I see you I hear you and I care about you boom that's what we're doing as a coach yeah oh my goodness yeah oh my gosh that just like the the I feel like what's the the expression? It's just like, it's right here. Like my heart, it just gets in my throat. And like, you um, you know, as an empath, as you know, I have chatted about being empaths before. And and I think that is a gift. So I feel very, as you said, just very honored to like come alongside somebody and have them share that. And there's really no greater gift. Like I I always feel bad. Like I always feel like, am I getting, am am I feeling so selfish? Cause I'm coach. I love to coach. I love the feeling that I get. I do too. I do too. Yeah. No, I get it. Actually, I think that's just like what we were hoping with our kids is that we're helping our kids find their way and find their thing and go toward the thing they're meant to be doing in this earth. And we are too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what you, when you get to homeschool, you know, cause it is, it's, it's an, it is up. And I, I, I call it the ups and downs and all arounds when, when I talk about things that are good, they're bad. And then it's just like, Ooh, all over the place. And that's, how it can be homeschooling, depending on your child's temperament and your yep. temperament and how many kids you have. And uh, I always joke like right now, all of my kids are teenagers all at one time. And <laughs> there's a lot of hormones yeah. happening in my house, mine included. And it's like, yes. what is happening? What is happening? <laughs> you know? Oh, girlfriend, that is like yeah. an episode. <laughs> a whole separate episode. <laughs> it really is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Breathe. <laughs> So I want to know, you really love Golden Girls. Who do you most identify with? <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm, it's Sophia, 100%. I am oh, like, yeah. it's funny because, and I have my, um, you know, I've got my Golden Girls clock, mm-hmm. my calendar, excuse me. <laughs> uh, I, I joke because I'm, I'm 100% Italian and I'm really short. Everyone's like, oh, you're not tall. I'm like, no, I'm 5'2", maybe. Um, and I always have an apron. Like it's right here. I, I always have like wearing an apron. On. I do yeah. just, and I folded it down to be professional. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I, I can be super sarcastic and I, I just, I, I channeled that. I just said that old Italian old grandmother though. I, I will tell you, my family will probably tell you, I have some Rose moments, 100% Rose moments. <laughs> and uh, there's something about Dorothy that I just like her bluntness. I, I hope I can be like, you know, just, I, just love, it. I love it. I just love it all. So we're not as old as the golden girls. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I read, Oh, did I send you I'll have to send it to you? I read something the other day about the, the cast of friends is now older than the age of the golden girls were when they started their first episode, first season or something. I'll send it to you. Yeah. And I was like, then my head exploded. Wow. wow. Yeah. I mean, Jennifer Aniston is kind of doing some hay these days. Yeah. Yeah. I know. My mom's like, I, she always talks about, I can't believe so. And so I'm like, well, mom, when, when you have a trainer and a this and a that, and I go, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you're doing she, good. Yeah. You're doing fine. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't have that. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you about the um, graphic that's on your website. It's a mountain graphic. And let me just check here. So you can, anybody can go take a look at vanessawright.com. Really beautiful website. And right at the very bottom, it says a reminder that there's always more than what we see on the surface. Oh, yes. Yeah. Everybody sees the little peak of what I would say is an iceberg. It's an iceberg. Yeah. And then underneath it says feeding my mind, body, and soul and leaning into the season of life on all levels. And then under that is saying no, prioritizing health, owning my time and space. And under that is weeding out things, doing the deep soul level work. So that's like, that's your flow, right? Yes. Cause I shared that because, um, you know, it's funny when, when you talk about self-care and you're talking about, and you're sharing, you know, I think people, especially on social media can get this they get this um, feeling that like, oh, she's got all her stuff together. Oh, she's yeah. a self-care expert. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm yeah. like, okay, hold on. No, you're seeing yeah. this much. Yeah. But guess what? Like underneath all of this is years of, you know, either it could be pain, you know, pain or like, and people aren't yeah. seeing that, but like, that's what I want people to understand is like, it doesn't just happen overnight and it doesn't just oh, happen no. in a month. It's, yeah. and it builds and it, it, and so you're just seeing like this tip and that's what I'm, trying to share with people because I have, feel like I have put in a lot of work and I've done a lot of the work to get to where I am so that I can share and help other people. So it's this like, yeah, that was, I just, I love the visual of the, of the iceberg with that. Yeah. Somebody had asked me recently about how I developed my identity or I speak to the word self-differentiation, which I came, I don't know, I learned about in a therapist office at a certain point and self-differentiation becoming you despite the people around you being very different and recognizing and honoring them as separate and allowing yourself to be separate, that concept, how did you get to that place of doing that? Well, first of all, it's never done. The work (laughs) is never done. It really isn't. And this is definitely, it's not my strong suit as the Enneagram type two. This is definitely (laughs) the hardest thing for me. And then the other thing is, um, there's 1 million reasons why I've walked towards that path. And when somebody asked me, I'm almost never a loss for words, but all of a sudden I went, I have no idea. (laughs) Or how much time do you have? Right, right. Could be both. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I, it's, oh, that is, yeah. Well, and, and 
And to, to see where you are, like, so you, to, to look at yourself now, like if I stand and look at myself as an almost 48 year old or like 10 years back or 20 years back, right? And the shifts and the changes of uh, that alone is like, yeah, you're still the same, but you're not. And it's like yeah. marrying those two together sometimes. I feel like that a lot of right now with midlife stuff is yeah. like, yeah, that feels like a lot of stuff that's what's happening, not just for me, but when I'm talking to like all my friends also. So for me, it's like um, coming into stronger sense of clarity about mm-hmm. who I really am instead of who I thought I was supposed to be. I'm like probably 15 years after or 20, 20 years after the initial discussion in my life story about, hey, you are separate from other people and you have to instill boundaries and you have mm-hmm. to become you and own who you are authentically and allow others to, others to be authentically themselves. But when you're owning you, that means that you let go of all sorts of different things and ones that you thought, but this is definitely me. And now you're like, well, maybe that's not me. Maybe that's what I told myself I should be. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of stuff to that. I love discussing all of this because if we circle back to the beginning of the conversation and you were talking about encouraging creativity, for me, when I see how do we help people build their identity or get clear on who they are, there is always a boundary creation building process going on and there's always creativity there's always like a building in of creativity. And I don't know about you, but when I was little, I thought I'm not creative, even though I was writing stories all the time. Uh, but somebody gave me a big fat red pencil in kindergarten and said, draw something. And I just stared at it like, what am I supposed to do with this? So I drew an AGT pole, which is essentially where I was living at the time. It's an electrical pole. <laughs> That's all I got. And so because of that moment, I thought I'm not creative. But actually, I think everyone has a form of creativity. Yes, yes, I agree. And I, I guess I was the opposite. Like as a child, my parents couldn't like keep track. I changed my name like every other day. They're like, who are you? T-? Like my mom had, who are we? Ca- what are we calling you today? Like, today. Uh, or like I was dreaming up. I live in, I am a huge daydreamer. I still am. I will. Uh, you know, I have to be careful driving sometimes because I'll be like, oh, I got to like, you know, and so it sometimes was hard to me to connect with people who weren't yeah. like super creative and super, like they were more like kind of more down to earth say, or like grounded or, or more analytical. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I do not comprehend anything. Like, what you're saying. <laughs> um, but I have kids who are like that. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing here. And um, <laughs> it's yes, but creativity. And that actually surprised me when I started coaching is like, how many clients have said like, that's something that they struggle with. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't really have any idea. And so to kind of tease out for them, and it could look like, like last week where I was talking to somebody, it was, she was struggling with it, but then she started talking about all this food she was planting and these recipes. And I'm like, well, you're playing with your food. That is a form of creativity. Oh, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Or one of my other clients hadn't, she wanted to draw and she hadn't picked up a pet, like her drawing supplies. I think she said like two or three years she's been drawing after our session, she started drawing and she's been sharing her book. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Look at like, not only can you draw, but you're like an artiste. Like this is stuff that you could sell. Like, okay. It's so good. And I think it's just sometimes needing that permission or that little yeah. boost um, because we feel like it's frivolous and we don't have time for it. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Except it's fuel for the soul. Oh, it is fuel. It is yeah. 100% fuel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So what, you know, I'm imagining that you're discussing creativity as an element of your group coaching course. Mm-hmm. We are going to be, yes. Mm-hmm. Totally taking a stab in the dark there. Yeah. <laughs> How did you know? Because <laughs> it makes sense to me, I guess. But <laughs> tell me what it is that you're doing in your group coaching. Well, we actually start tomorrow. So yeah. I've, I had this idea for the last year. And then like anything, I said, there's never a perfect time to start anything. Yeah. So let me just throw, like, I didn't throw it together. I've been keeping a notebook and notes and, um, you know, all these practices that I've shared in yeah. my newsletter online. I was like, oh, and then it kind of started taking, like, I took a, a two or three weeks of like time off of social media and just like, that was nice just to have like some creative space. And this kind of came up and I was like, oh, and it came into this three month program. I started drawing things out. Literally, I have notebook pages of drawing stuff, sending them to my friends who are designers and this and that. And, and it's just this three month program for mothers in midlife. And it's my beta test group. And I had seven people sign up from all back, like all backgrounds, all walks, like all parts of my life. Like I have a sorority sister in there who I haven't seen her talk like in 25 years. She wow. signed up. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, and then like people on like Instagram, like an Instagram friend, newsletter friend. And so we're going to come together and work um, on um, the first month is all about sustainable self-care. And yeah. the second month is about community and connecting. And then the last month is your passion and purpose. And it's all centered around authentic action and how to help people just like take those steps into those spaces. And creativity is in, is kind of infused. We're going to be doing some different things with creativity throughout that. Yeah. I love that. Vanessa, that is excited. (laughs) And I'm not at all surprised that we came together and connected because like, I don't know, there's not a lot of people doing what we're doing in, in the, well, I know you're not just in the homeschool space, but in the homeschool space. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is super cool to, to see what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's, and, and that's, that's, what's been awesome about like as a, connecting with you and what you're doing with your, with the podcast and what you're sharing. And it just always feels even for us like that we're, we're not alone doing this stuff. Like I, yeah, exactly. there's nothing more that I love and then connecting people together, sharing yeah. and doing that stuff. I just, um, that's, that's what it's all about because that's just at the end of the day, I feel like we're just, we're all moms. We're trying to do the best that we can for our kids, ourselves and our families. And let's just don't do it by yourself. Nope. Don't do it by yourself. And you say you want to intuitively grow your fearless flow. So before I ask you where we can find you online, I'm curious first, is there a book or a stack of books that you're reading at these days? Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. So a stack of what am I kidding? I am I'm reading um, this book called The Relaunch, Spark Your Heart to Ignite Your Life by Hilary oh, DeCesar. Okay. She's an executive coach. I actually am um, doing some work with her, uh, like with her team, which is fantastic. So I'm learning a ton and her book, I've read it twice through. And I would say if you are and like, and not even just your entrepreneur, but just like, it's just such a good book for her. her I just love it. Um, I just, um, this book I'm always sifting through and I love it. It's called Creatrix by Lucy oh. Pierce. She's an Irish writer. Oh, she's phenomenal. She's so good. Um, I just love her to pieces. Um, love her work. Um, I just, I just finished reading a youth. What do they call it? YA not YA books? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, don't even know. I, I finished reading one last night. I read it like four days. It was, it was, wow. uh, um, what was, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't remember what it was called. Um, 
I wondered, I thought you would probably be reading a bunch of books. I'm reading a ton of books. Yeah, that's just like, those are just three. I have like something, I have a book about anxiety on my, also that I'm reading about. It's from this, um, this really cool doctor I came across on Instagram, of course, and on her like holistic treatment of anxiety. And yeah, that's just a couple. <laughs> just a couple. A couple, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned also that you love haikus. Do you have a favorite haiku? Uh, not off the top. I mean, I write that. I don't read other people's. <laughs> Someone asked me yesterday, what do you write? And I'm like, well, the only thing I don't write is poetry. So you're going to have to fill in the haiku blank. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why I started doing that. Like, I think because I can just, they're just quick, right? It's like five, seven, five, right? It's like five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. And I, I, in July, I wrote one every day for like 20 some days or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. very cool. My yeah. first homeschool haiku mom. <laughs> I love that. It's just, I know it's random, but it's like, again, but for me, that was a little sustainable self-care thing. Creativity. Yes. So do you have any last words of encouragement for the homeschool mom? Oh, yes. So I said, it just, I know this is corny, but like it, it goes fast. I mean, as I said, I'm sitting here on the, the tail end. My oldest is going to be graduating um, sooner than later. Um yeah you will never have it all figured out. I think that's my biggest thing is you will never have it all figured out. And you have to be okay with that. You're never going to, your kids are not going to know everything. They're like, you don't know everything. You didn't learn everything. So why are you, why are we putting that on our kids? (laughs) You know? Um, And just to kind of, at the end of the day, for me, like mental health, physical health will always trump uh, academics all that stuff will always trump academics. So especially when you're dealing with teenagers and, or stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I just have to keep telling myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tell me where we can find you online. Yeah, I'm really, um, my, uh, my website is um, vanessaandwrite.com. And then I'm on Instagram at Vanessa and And those are really, that's where I hang. That's and where you can find a whole bunch of golden girl content. <laughs> well, come to me for golden girl content. Okay, so um, I yeah. to get that Michael J. Fox stuff back. I know I'm. I, listen, I have. <laughs> remi- I'm gonna have to remind me later. I have my. I still have my scrapbook from like fifth and sixth grade, and his picture is all up in there. So <laughs> I'll have to take a picture and send it. <laughs> Such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank oh, you. thank you. And thank you for joining me today. I'd love to hear your thoughts or questions, so head over to CapturingTheCharmLife.com and introduce yourself to me. If you're looking to enhance your homeschool community with other supportive, authentic homeschool moms who want to show up on purpose in their homeschools and lives, then you are invited to the Homeschool Mama Patreon support group. You can find that at Patreon.com slash Homeschool Mama Self Care. And a special message to Vanessa from Sophia from Golden Girls. No matter how bad things get, remember these sage words. You're old. You sag. Get over it. <laughs>